Okay, you're welcome to the second part of this episode. If you are just listening, please, I would advise that you listen to the first part because this is a continuation of something that we started. We talked about where creative ideas come from and I'll just summarize um, in one, two lines what we mentioned in the first part before we move into the second one. I think a quote from Stephen Johnson that Aziz mentioned in the first part that the trick of having good ideas is not to sit around in glorious isolation and try to think big thoughts the trick is to get more parts on the table you know good ideas do not just come from thin air they are built out of a collection of existing parts i think this summarizes what um, we talked about in the first part for more understanding please listen to the full part um, as we move into the second part hi aziz hello zika how are you doing i'm doing very well so do you just want us to jump into it yeah Um, like i said i think for me one of the concerns i had which is why we uh, decided to go with this episode is the fact that i think we've gotten creativity wrong from its foundation and i think that even starts from how we define creativity we usually define creativity as the process of coming up with new ideas that are useful the assumption people have is that when you say new ideas, Entirely. it means it has to come from, you nowhere. know, out of the thin air, out of nowhere. It's new means I can't copy anybody. It has to mm. be fresh, fresh, original, original. So people assume that uh, creativity is the process of coming up with ideas out of nothing, and that is not what it is. So when you hear new idea, it's not talking about the origin. It's talking about how that value is offered. It's offered in a new way. So the focus is should not be on the origin of the idea, but how that idea can be offered in a new way to, to create value. So that's really what creativity is talking about. Um, and um, um, and I'll, I'll be looking at I'll be sharing some some research that has been done done on this uh, from two uh, researchers. One of them is Ronald Bolt. He's a professor of sociology at the University of Chicago, and the second person is Michael Thorner, a professor of cognitive science at Case Western Reserve University. Both of them are based in the U.S. Zika, what do you think? So I think from what you said, one thing that you know stood out is what makes an idea creative is not the source, yeah. is the value that is offered in that period. So instead of focusing on, I want to come up with something that no one has come up with before, I'm, I'm trying to come up with something that will be useful, that is offering value, and that's what makes an idea actually creative. Exactly. Now, according to Professor Ronald Bolt, he says... Creativity is an import-export game. It's, it is not a creation game. I, I really like that, that sentence. So with creativity, you are not trying to create. You are, you are basically importing ideas from other areas and, and you are exporting them. them. Yeah. The focus then really is that the value of a good idea is not in its origin, but it's in its delivery. And, and, and this is what he said. He said, the trick is to get an idea which is mundane and well-known in one place to another place where it is of value. And I'll give a very good example. The incubator. The incubator is one of the most 
profound medical devices in terms of the number of lives that it has saved. Do you know how the innovator came about? No. A doctor in Paris decided to visit the zoo on a beautiful day. And in one of the spots, he, he noticed a device that had young chicks in, in there. And one of the challenges that they've been having uh, in, the, in this hospital and generally across Europe at that point in time was the high rate of infant mortality. Yeah. That device that was for chicken was, what, was where he got the idea of an incubator. incubator. Mm. So he basically imported the idea, something he saw in his zoo, and brought it into the medical world and it became a device for saving the lives of children. And, 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 that, and that's how a lot of um, innovations and inventions, that's how they came about. They were ideas that were, you know, quite frankly mundane in certain areas. Somebody noticed them and brought them into another area where they were of immense value. Mark Turner, um, in fact, he has a book that, that is titled The Origin of Ideas, Blending, Creativity and Human Spark. He focuses on a theory called blending. And he says... The ability to blend existing ideas to form new ideas is at the root of human creativity. He said, the human brain is constantly trying to blend different things unconsciously. Again, you remember the, we talked about this in part one. Unconsciously, the brain is always trying to blend things unconsciously. He said, almost none of the product of blending ever enters into consciousness. Almost none. However, a good creative environment helps us to locate and sustain good blends that might otherwise just slip away. Again, he was emphasizing the fact, the importance of an environment in creativity. So you could have somebody who's very creative in an environment, but that environment is unable to help him move the ideas from his subconscious to consciousness and that person might be seen as someone that is not creative. But the problem was not him, was just the was just the environment that did not encourage him or make him translate those ideas in his subconscious to his consciousness. Thank you. Um, so I, I want us to look at, I want you to tell us some of the things that we can do to improve on the creative ideas that we generate. Yeah, so we, we can look at this on... Uh, on two levels, uh, at the individual level and at the corporate level. So let's start with the individual level. Um, I'm going to read out a couple of concepts or ideas, and from those ideas, we'll basically just give examples of how we can implement uh, some of those things practically. The first one is that creative ideas are built out of a collection of existing parts. So the question I ask every individual, if we agree that that is true, is what are the spare parts on your creativity table today? What are you exposing yourself to? And and this, again, emphasizes a lot of the things that we had spoken about in previous episodes in terms of, you know, uh, encouraging people to read wide, uh, you know, explore new cultures, uh, you know, try out new things. The reason behind this is that as much as possible, you want to expose yourself to a diverse range of paths that will help you in coming up with good ideas. So that's the first one. Secondly, you must also keep track of latest development. 
you must because it helps you to it provides opportunities for you to see things differently it gives you opportunities for for you to generate spark that will translate some of the hunches that you might have into reality thirdly on this first point is the i would advise people to learn differently and this is this is why this is why it's better to learn differently if you are learning the way everybody else is learning it means that the path you have on your creative table is the same path Every everybody have on that have. creative table so you will never come up with anything different or unique i was going to ask so how do you learn differently now the the belief is that um, experts are always right so people tend to always you know read and focus on what experts say uh, but i mean there, there's a guy that said this sometime ago i can't remember his name he said he said the 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 truth if you really want the truth the truth is never in the mainstream it says the truth is always in places that you do not expect what is going to be big in 10 years time today is not in the mainstream so if you want to learn differently you must deliberately seek out and spend time searching for what is not currently obvious what people are currently dismissing you need to spend time in those areas because what it does is that it gives you a different perspective to how things are yeah so so that so so that so that's one secondly uh the value of a good idea is in its delivery not in its origin so creativity is an import export game not a creation game how can we practicalize this or implement this um, the question i will ask any individual is what sector outside of your primary one are you importing ideas from i'll give you an example steve jobs steve jobs um, he credited his study of calligraphy as something that inspired him in coming up with some of the some of the things that we saw in apple product that we admired so i mean calligraphy had no direct bearing to what he was doing in apple but for him it was an avenue to you know get something that was different and inspiring and at the end of the day it, it actually helped him in some of the products that apple came up with now personally for me uh, and, and i've said this often i found sports to be a very good source of ideas for me in human resources and i'll give i'll, I'll give an example right now uh, in the human resource space one of the issues that they are facing is the issue of talent management uh, there is a term called great resignation where people are resigning on mass uh, there are several reasons for that but the truth that, the truth about it is that it's become difficult to one attract talent and two it's become difficult to retain talent so you you could be human resource today and you could you know you be thinking of how do i come up with ways of doing that i found sports to be a very good way of doing that now in sports uh, in football a lot of clubs have academies where they have people who are they get at very young ages and they are with them and they grow with them and they become players for those clubs for example that's how messi um, messi joined barcelona at a very young age you could apply the same thing today you could think about how do we identify talent even in their teens and you get them down to a contract with your company and by the time they are in their 20s they are already working for you that that's one two 
in football, there's what they call uh, the same players on loan. Uh, so you have a good player. He's not doing well because of certain conditions. Rather than allow that player to go, you send him out on loan. Again, you can say that can be imported from the footballing world into the you know human resource world. You could have employees who have the talent, but maybe for some reason or the other, they are not just doing well. Rather than let them go, you could loan them. Now, will, this, will these things work the way they are? It might not. But what you are getting are good ideas that you can now, you know, tweak and adjust. And therefore, you can come up with a good idea that might actually help address the issue of talent management today. So, I found out that football and the sporting world is a very rich source of ideas for human resources. Well, I'm going to steal that idea. I mean, it's free. You can, you can steal and work and work on it. Please go ahead. Yeah. Thirdly, uh, under the ways of uh, of helping individuals practicalize what we are saying, the third point I want to talk about is, is the fact that we said almost none of the product of blending will enter into consciousness without an external spark. Again, I'm going to ask like a question. What are you exposing yourself to so that you can create a spark in you? Who are you associating with? People in your field, people in your operations, the truth is that if your circle of influence, your circle of friends are people who think like you, the tendency of getting a a different idea is very minimal. What you want to do, you want to expose yourself to a diverse range of people that could create a spark in you and you can import that idea into your own area of operation. So these are these are ways that we can practicalize uh, um, getting new ideas on an individual, individual level. level. Zika, I don't even want to say anything. Yeah, before you go to um, the corporate level, I just want to recap the point yeah. so that, you know, to just make it shorter so that people, I am sure that I heard you and everyone else. So the first thing I heard is creative ideas are built out of a collection of existing parts. And in explaining that some of the things you mentioned are um, what are the spare parts that on I'm, your creativity table. Yes, that I'm that I own my creativity table. And some of these things, what am I exposing myself to? How am I learning differently? How am I keeping track keeping track of so latest, latest developments? Development, yeah. Reading wide, going outside of my field of operation. All of these things are the things that actually help build that collection of um, the parts that are actually yeah, can bring you in a position table. where you can come up with new ideas. New ideas. ideas. Yeah. Okay. And I think another point you mentioned is the value of a good idea is in its delivery and not its origin. We talked about importing ideas out of my current sector or my current field. And um, you talked about, you used an example of sports being something that I think um, that's something everyone should look at. What what um, outside of where I am primarily, where can I import ideas from that can eventually help me to be creative in the field or the sector that I work in? Yes. Okay. So I think we can move ahead. Okay. So on the on the corporate uh, level or, or on the team level, um, there are four points that I will look at. Uh, the first one is create an environment where people are exposed to a wide and diverse range of spare parts. So, this responsibility is not that of the individual, but that of the company or or the team leader. 
So what you want to do is to create an environment where people are exposed to a wide and diverse range of spare parts. And this is why we encourage companies to do job rotation, you know, move people around. We talked about that. But also, um, I think companies should deliberately look outside of their areas of operation and see how they can learn from those areas. So it, it could mean you could have uh, periodic sessions where you have where you invite people outside of your operations just for them to share knowledge in, in their field. It will be very helpful. Yeah. And I'll give an example. Uh, in, the, in, in the medical world, one of the challenges that they had was the time it took them to move patients from the operating theatre to the intensive care unit. It was, it was a very... Uh, delicate time period for them because if not handled properly uh, patients could die now they found out that um, I don't know if you know the, the Formula 1 car racing yes Yeah. now they have what they call pit stops pit stop is a pit, a pit stop is where uh, the cars will drive in during the race they drive in and they refuel them but they also do other things they basically they can change the tyres and some other things now some of these pit stops happen in seconds, like six seconds, four seconds. They they refuel them and they change tires in four, five, six seconds. That's amazing. So what the what they found out was that the the, the teams in hospitals found out that they could learn from Formula One how to manage that process of transferring patients from the operating, operating room to, to intensive care. The idea didn't come from them brainstorming yeah, within yeah. themselves. It came from outside looking outside the industry field. and sector. Yeah. And that's where they got the idea of how to improve. So companies should deliberately look outside for solutions and they would get a lot of ideas of how to improve. And um, lastly, on this particular point, I've said this, um, companies should encourage the use of cross-functional teams to deliver on projects. People from different teams will bring different spare parts to the table. At the end of the day, the ideas you are going to come up with will be a lot uh, better and will be a lot richer. That's, that's one. Secondly, companies should encourage employees to bring their spare parts to the creative table. It sounds easy, but it's not always that easy to implement if you are not thinking about this, uh, if, if you are not proactive in thinking about this. Yeah, one way of doing this is to ask for feedback, you know, ask for um, people to make suggestions, but you know, people will typically not, the sort of suggestions you get from such process will typically not, you know, will not amount to much. Now, the trick to this is to ask, is to give employees space within the, within the company space and the company time to implement their own pet projects. <laughs> When you do that, you are telling the employees, you know, you see all those parts you have in, at home? Bring it in. Bring, bring, bring it mm. to the office. And it can be useful to in the, the office. company. And this is the idea why Google and companies like 3M will typically allow employees to pursue personal their personal projects project using, uh, uh, company um, using time. companies' time and resources. Because they understand that when the employees bring their spare parts to the table, they are helping the company as well. So I would recommend companies to, to, to do that as well. Three, companies should encourage 
new ways of recombining those spare parts. Yeah, so there is one thing to have, you know, spare parts on the table, on the creativity table, but you also have to encourage novel ways of those spare parts to be recombined. And there are several ways of doing this. It's the reason why companies typically have uh, sessions where they allow, uh, where they form teams to pitch ideas, you know, what you are basically doing, you are allowing people to combine those parts. That's one. Secondly, is also to let employees know that rules, regulations are fluid. Four, and lastly, is to make experimentation and implementation thrive. Now, the number one killer of good ideas in companies is bureaucracy. And bureaucracy simply means the normal ways of doing things, the normal ways of approvals. What I would recommend is that for certain projects or certain ideas, you would allow alternative approval processes. You don't allow them to go through the normal approval process. If they do go through that approval process, those ideas will be killed. Secondly, is the fact that you should deliberately update and tweak things even when they seem to be working. And lastly, allow people to experiment. Don't make it too costly for, for, for people to fail. Once the cost of failure is very high, what you are basically doing is saying you are preventing experimentation. So I think these are some of the things that, that, that uh, at the individual level and at the corporate level, if implemented, would help us generate good ideas that would lead to innovations that can help the companies become more productive and more, more profitable. Thank you, Aziz. Um, we just talked about how we can improve on the creative ideas that we generate and he explained an individual and corporate level so i'll just recap the corporate the um the ones you talked about on the corporate level um i think the first thing you mentioned is for an environment to be created where people are exposed to diverse range of spare parts and i think this is something that we always talk about you know moving people around job rotations doing all of these things help to create that environment i use the example of the hospital learning from you know formula one so companies or employers or yes offices you know looking outside of their field of oppression to import ideas yes that can be of help offer value to the company that's one we also talked about encouraging employees to bring their spare parts to the creativity table <laughs> i laughed when we we're talking about this because i'm trying to imagine you know, the country we live in bringing this um this yeah this concept in it will feel very strange but with everything you've explained it will actually help the company in the end of the day because people are able to because i mean everybody wants their own um, personal project or person out to work so they would bring you know everything they have and those things can actually be of help eventually to the company um i think another thing you mentioned is encouraging novel ways to recombine these papers because we talked about allowing employees bring their papers and yes yes there's that opportunity to bring it but also making sure that creating platforms forums that these papers can be recombined to the use of the company and the last thing is make experimentation and implementation thrive don't let people be too afraid to fail um don't let you know like in nigeria now you know once you do this 
half of your salary is gone this happens and then people are like ah, i don't want to lose and even when they have ideas or things that can be of help to the company is withdrawn so thank you very much for this practical aspect of um, the episode i've learned a lot and i'm sure everybody oh, oh, okay. one, one last thing do you know the the greatest stumbling block to creativity and innovation what do you think is the greatest stumbling block Fear of failure. Why? You're right, but why is that the greatest stopping block? Because fear of, I mean, my idea would not work or would not be received or, I don't know. Is this your resources? Okay. The reason why there is fear of failure is that every time you fail, you waste resources. Oh. So the greatest stumbling block to creative and innovation is actually resources. Now, the reason companies do not try out creativity and innovation is that they believe that that resource or the resources can be put into use Something else somewhere else that, that they are mm. setting of the mm. return mm. but with creativity and innovation you are not you sure are of the returns you are trying yeah. it out mm. now so if if i can take you back to um, the renaissance i talked about the medici family in italy yeah now one of the reasons why they they, they were successful was because they dedicated a lot of their resources to arts and sciences and they didn't expect anything in return mm. so the people who were working for them or who were, who were associated with them they were they were able to experiment because they knew that they had in quote patrons yeah. who were financing what they These were doing ideas, yeah. and it's in that experimentation that they came up with new and creative things mm. so digital resources is very key uh, which is why companies have to be realistic and know that at the end of the day, they will have to dedicate resources yeah. to these things. If possible, you know, allocate a certain percent to, because truly everybody wants an idea that I am certain will, will work. work. Yes, yeah. I don't want to waste anything, but you cannot really get the best of creativity because, I mean, it's an idea that is new. It's not been tried out before. We're not sure what direction it will go. Thank you very much for that. So we'll be rounding up on this note. Um, don't forget to follow on Instagram as Colavari Solutions. Drop comments on your learnings, your thoughts about what you think on the episode, how the episode has helped you. Um, yes. So, any last words, Aziz? I think I would uh, reference what Stephen Justin said. The trick of coming up with good ideas it's not in sitting in isolation, isolation yeah. and trying to conjure up ideas out of the thin air, but it's in getting more spare parts on your creative table. So the question I'll ask everybody, what is on your creativity table today? Mm. Take a look at it. And if you have very few spare parts, start importing spare parts on that creativity table. Mm. Thank you very much for that. So, we're closing now, and um, we already know that this podcast is edited and produced by Joshua Praise, and the soundtrack is an original from Just to Christos, and the poster design is done by Joseph Okafor and Faithful Larry. Have a very, very creative week. Until the next time. Bye.